This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and my co-host is my trusty service dog, Whistle. And we're thrilled to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today, we're going to be visiting with Lieutenant Paul Vance. And Lieutenant Vance is the Public Information Officer for the Department of Emergency Services and Public Protection with the Connecticut State Police. And he's going to visit with us today about some of the innovative ways that they're using dogs to fight crime. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Lieutenant Vance to the show. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Hello, Lieutenant Vance, and welcome to Working Like Dogs. Hi, it's a pleasure to be with you today. Yeah, we're so excited that you could be with us and talk about all the really cool ways that you guys are using dogs now to fight crime. Well, you know, it's an exciting part of our agency, the uh, the canine division. Our canine division started back in 1934, so we feel like we're we're veterans in um, in, in utilizing canines and animals for uh, law enforcement purposes. And we're really excited about um, all the specialty dogs and the animals that we have working on our team right here in the state of Connecticut. Wow, 1934—that is, we don't think of of dogs as being trained and around in police work that long. That's awesome. It really is, and I'm a former dog handler myself. I, I handled a patrol dog for uh, for a few years during my career, and um, it really is a very rewarding part of police work. There's nothing more rewarding than to have, unfortunately, a child lost or missing, and and have a uh, an animal track that child, find that child, and bring that child safely home. It's, it's just beyond words how rewarding it is. I can only imagine. Well, tell us, so how did you guys start using the dogs back in 1934? Do you know how it got started? We're researching it now because we're erecting a memorial here at State Police Headquarters in Connecticut in honor of past, present, and future 
dogs that have worked for the people of Connecticut. As you know, um, during 9-11, we sent uh, teams of canines down to New York City, and they worked diligently in, in that tragedy. And unfortunately, we lost most of those dogs to illnesses um, after the fact. Uh, and that's just an example of how hard our dogs work. Uh, not yeah. only to track down uh, lost children and missing people and, and, and even capturing uh, bad guys, if you will. But we're very, very proud of our canine facility and, and, and the specialty dogs that we have within our agency today. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, tell us about that facility and, and about the dogs. What all types of things do you train the dogs to do? Well, we, we certainly have the, um, uh, what, I, what I call uh, very good-looking bloodhounds that are handled here in Connecticut. And as you well know and your listeners know, they have great noses and, and they're terrific for tracking. Uh, we have the obvious, the German Shepherds that are patrol dogs that work out in the field every day. But we also have the typical narcotics dogs, and which usually are Labradors. But we have arson dogs, which are, which are trained to sniff out, and it's phenomenal to see them work, to sniff out accelerants at fires. We obviously have the bomb dogs that we're very proud of and, and that work very, very hard here in our uh, state. And our newest addition is our uh, electronic sniffing dog. An animal has been uh, imprinted to be able to sniff out electronics for our computer crimes unit. So we work very hard in making sure that we are innovative and we're in the 21st century part of, of uh, utilizing canines and law enforcement here in Connecticut. Well, it sure sounds like it. I mean, that's wonderful, all the ways that you're using dogs. And certainly electronic sniffing dogs is a new one, which I'm always amazed, Lieutenant Vance. Every day, it seems like I'm learning something new about how dogs can improve improve our lives, but tell us more about the electronic sniffing dog. What do they do? Well, it's interesting because one of our chemists in our lab, Dr. Jack Hubble, was able to isolate, I'll say a component, uh, if you will, or an odor that was found in electronic uh, media storage devices. And by that, we're talking, um, you know, micro SD cards, hard drives, uh, USB drives, etc. But he was able to isolate that odor that exists in all of these devices. And as a result of that, we embarked, our canine training team about a year and a half ago, embarked on a venture to, uh, to train two Labradors as electronic evidence detection dogs. Those two dogs were imprinted. They were trained as food reward dogs were very successful in their training, graduated, and one of the dogs was assigned to a state police detective who works in the computer crimes investigative unit. Uh, that dog's name is Selma, and the second dog was assigned to the Rhode Island State Police, and they're using it for the same purpose uh, in the state of Rhode Island. This animal, when our troopers go out, our detectives go out to serve search warrants and, and uh, looking for electronic evidence, this dog, uh, Selma, goes out with her handler, Detective Jupin, and we have utilized her successfully in locating uh, evidence of electronic uh, devices. Wow, that is so great. That's so cool. Well, and tell us, so so you guys train the dogs at your facility there, correct? We do, and you know, that's a very um, very proud part of our existence, if you will, in the, in the canine field, that we, in fact, have been in the business, as I said, for a very, very long time, but our training academy staff in our canine facility, over the years, we've actually trained people from all around the world. And by that, I mean, years ago, we had um, canine handlers and canines come in from uh, Chile, Cyprus, Egypt, literally all over the world. I couldn't even name all the countries. We train animals, uh, certainly for other agencies around the country, 
But even in the state of Connecticut alone, not only do we train state police dogs, we train uh, handlers and dogs for local police departments, for Department of Corrections, and we certainly um, are very proud of the uh, product that we turn out. We're very proud that the, the breed we train, certainly the most common that we have or, or you know, out of the 70 dogs that we have on our uh, on our staff in Connecticut, working with just state police troopers, you know, we have the German Shepherds, which are obvious, but the Labradors are, are very, very popular in doing uh, some of the work that uh, that I've, I've alluded to uh, before, and that is explosive dogs or arson detection dogs or, or even narcotic dogs. And uh, we're very, very proud of the of the work that they do every single day here. Do you breed the dogs there, or do you get them from other breeders? We do not breed dogs. We, at times, will purchase them from breeders. We have a very good relationship with the Fidelco Guide Dogs here in Connecticut, and certainly uh, some dogs that aren't really, um, I won't say washing out, but are not doing well in that program, sometimes we'll, we'll look at them. And there are times that people will donate dogs to the State Police Department, and we'll take a look at them and see if they, uh, they would fit the uh, standards that we have, if you will, for our animals. You know, what's important about our dogs is all of our dogs are working dogs. They all work for the department. They're all trained in their special areas, but they also live at home with their handler, with the trooper that handles them. So they go to and from work with them every day. They live in their home. Like myself, when I had my German Shepherd, this dog uh, existed in my home with my children, with my wife, and was very, very family-friendly. But he knew that when the uniform went on and we got into the patrol car, it was time to go to work. And uh, he loved to work. (laughs) What's the lifespan, the working lifespan of most of your dogs? That's a tough one. You know, we've been we've been very successful uh, over the years and had some, you know, some very good success in, in keeping a dog working, if you will. But we also don't abuse them. And by that, I mean, if a dog develops any kind of uh, issue, any kind of uh, physical issue, health issue, or anything like that, we're very quick, if it's not treatable or fixable, we're very quick to retire that dog so that dog can live its life with the family and with the handler that raised them and worked with them all those years. And uh, then when that dog is retired, that dog becomes a family pet, if you will, and, and continues to uh, to exist as, uh, as a family member. Well, that was my next question that you answered because I was wondering about the retirement process and what happens to the dogs if for for some reason the handler can't take them and let them live out their lives with them? Is there an adoption program for any of them? You know, I've got to tell you, I've been here a very, very very long time. I won't tell you how many years I've been here in the (laughs) whole day, but I can tell you that I cannot remember an animal that was retired that didn't go with its handler. As you well know, the dog is more than an animal. The dog becomes your partner, your friend. Oh, yes, yes. And, and, and truly, you actually fall in love with the dog. Uh, because <laughs> the, dog, the dog is many times has saved lives of, of patrol troopers just by sticking his head out the window of the patrol car. The dog, as I alluded to before, is great when they locate uh, lost and missing people or when they track down a felon who's running from police or, or all the different things that our animals do. And so, you know, it becomes it becomes a member of the family. And by living with your family and existing with your family, it certainly is a very, uh, very rewarding part of one's career to be a, a canine handler here in the state of Connecticut for the Connecticut State Police. 
Yeah, well, it certainly sounds like it. I mean, and I'm so glad to hear you say that you haven't had any dogs that had to be adopted because I can only imagine the bond. I know the bond between myself and Whistle and what he does for me every day. And I can't imagine the depth of that bond for your officers because you're, it is life and death so many times. So I can only imagine the trust and that relationship that is just so beautiful to think about. And, and, and it must be so amazing for the officers to have that opportunity. How do officers get to work with the canine program? Do they have to apply or are they selected? What is? How does that work? Both of the above. I mean, if you want to be a canine handler, you have to apply and you actually have to try out, as silly as that sounds. By that I mean to ensure that we ensure that all our troopers are physically fit, but being a canine handler, sometimes you've got to be able to lift that dog over a fence or, you know, do something like that. So we'll have a, a selection process at which our um, our canine or officers or troopers are going to uh, before they're selected. And once they're selected, uh, they go through a full-time academy training program. And when I say full-time, they go every single day. They work for several weeks, and they learn everything about the dog. They learn about the animal himself. They learn. They even learn first aid for the dog, you know, in, in the event that, the, God forbid, the dog is injured. They learn how to utilize the dog, the best ways to utilize the dog, how to, how to protect the scene for the animal to begin an active and complete search, how to conduct searches. And it's it just the list is, is, is almost endless, but I can tell you that when a canine handler graduates from the Connecticut State Police Canine Academy, that, in fact, he or she is thoroughly trained, thoroughly understands his or her role as a canine officer, and their canine partner in that team is going to function admirably when they hit the road and they go out into the field. Well, that is so awesome. And we are visiting today with Lieutenant Paul Vance from the Connecticut State Police, and we're going to continue this conversation, but we're going to take just a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors. So come right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. 
back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're visiting today with Lieutenant Paul Vance from the Connecticut State Police, and he's been sharing with us all the incredible ways that the state police are training and utilizing dogs to fight crime. And you were just telling us, Lieutenant Vance, about all the different jobs that they do. You were mentioning the narcotics, the arson, the bomb dogs, and the incredible electronic sniffing dogs. So tell us more about these animals and and how you guys are maximizing their abilities. Well, you know, I I think we don't always, uh, when we think about, oh, let's say bomb sniffing dogs, we we don't think about the intricacies of that training. In other words, by that I mean, certainly the animal is trained to recognize and smell significant parts of a potential explosive device. But also it's important to note that those animals are also trained not to touch it. In other words, to signal their uh, handler as to what they found, and that begins the process of making the area safe for people so that we can determine whether or not there is a, uh, an explosive device or not. And that's pretty important. That's an intense part of the bomb dogs uh, training, if you will. And I know they've been used in the military, and we've used them uh, extensively right here in Connecticut for many, many years. The other one that is really intriguing, and if you can envision, a, say, a residential fire or a fire of, of, of a large uh, commercial building, and the fire service and the fire marshals investigating the fire can't determine if uh, an accelerant was used. And to think about it, that a Labrador retriever can go into a burned-out building sniff and find accelerants is almost mind-boggling when you it, can, it is it's the coolest it, thing ever it truly is and the other thing uh, about you know the arson sniffing dogs that can be dangerous work for the handler and for the animal and um, you know it's a handler's responsibility not only to control the dog and read the dog down the leash and, and work with the dog but it's also his or her responsibility to make sure that dog is protected you know their paws are protected their body's protected from any debris or any any hazards that may be in a, a burned out building but phenomenal to see them work and to see them even to see them trained to see them imprinted and begin their training process and then see them go into a building and alert when they find what they're trained to sniff for because it's very, very helpful to law enforcement to uh, continue their investigations. Well, you've used the term imprinting a couple of times during our conversation today. Can you tell us more about, tell our listeners, what does that mean, Lieutenant Vance? What is imprinting? Well, I got to talk in general terms, but in general terms, it means that the canine, the dog, is trained to recognize that smell. And when they recognize that smell, uh, some of our dogs are food reward dogs, uh, whereas they're fed by hand. And when they know when they smell that particular odor, if you will, that they're going to eat. It's a, a reward system, if you will. And it takes some time to imprint the dog, in other words, to make the dog aware of that odor. Them finding that odor is a good thing. And them finding that odor is, in fact, going to afford them the ability to, to be fed by hand at that point in time. It's almost like giving your dog a treat for bringing the ball back when you're playing catch with them. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really cool to see the training process and, and to see the animal, you know, walking in a circle or walking down a wall or walking across a room. And when the dog has been trained to smell that, that smell, if you will, and the animal stops and recognizes, oh, yeah, here's the smell. Here's what I'm trained to do. And they do. They alert to their, their handler, and their handler gives them that food reward and they find they're successful in that find. It's just so rewarding to see all that hard work that goes into imprinting the dog, teaching the dog to understand that odor, and teaching the handler to recognize and read the dog. It's, it's phenomenal when that all comes together. 
Yeah, yeah. It's in perfect concert. I can imagine. That's so awesome. And the, the reward for the dog and for the handler is just what a gift for both of them. Can you tell us of one or two dogs that come to mind that experiences that you've had with the state police that where dogs had such a tremendous impact? Well, there are so many, it's almost difficult to do that. But <laughs> I mean, there have been instances where felons have fled from uh, law enforcement at night and the dog uh, would catch a felon because you can't really outrun a dog. And to be able to, you know, take that person into custody and, and do it safely without hurting the animal, without hurting the trooper, and really without hurting the felon or the person who was being chased, that's good. But the most rewarding is, in, in my humble opinion, is when you take a bloodhound or you take a uh, German Shepherd and you do a track for uh, a missing person, a lost person, and I'm talking children, adults, uh, and, and it happens to many people. And, and being able to successfully reunite family members, um, there is nothing more rewarding than to see uh, the success of a canine leading the handler to that missing person and then reuniting that person with their family. That just is beyond, beyond explanation. It truly is. Uh, it's extremely, extremely rewarding. Wow. Well, and you mentioned the, a dog that was recently placed with the Rhode Island State Police. I believe, is that dog's name Thoreau? It is. Yes, it is. Can yeah. you tell us more about Thoreau? Well, that dog was, uh, was one of the two. He's a yellow lab, and he was one of the two animals that were trained to uh, step on electronic devices. He was imprinted, and it worked very, very well. And we believe we're the first in the country, and there's a great deal of interest across the country in, um, uh, in this newest training program that we've uh, introduced here in Connecticut. But we, um, we wanted to share the wealth, if you will. In other words, we kept one dog in our computer crimes unit, and um, we donated the second dog to the Rhode Island State Police for their computer crimes unit so that they could use the dog in the same way. And, you know, it's interesting when you think about 21st century policing, you know, one of the things that's uh, very, very busy in our line of work now is, is electronics. It's the computer science world, if you will. And there are many times when we will go out and fight certain types of crimes that involve the use of computers and hard drives and thumb drives and cell phones and, and, and the like. And some of those things, as everyone knows, are very small and can be secreted and hidden. And it's just phenomenal to see the Labrador go in and, and locate these things that have been hidden away. It's unbelievable uh, how hard they work. And when they're, uh, they're successful, you know, certainly, as I alluded to before, it helps law enforcement in, in furthering a, a criminal investigation. So the dog is doing their work. And I'll tell you, at the end of the day, they should get maybe another, another little addition to their food as they're eating their dinner because uh, they work very, very hard, these dogs do. Yeah. Well, I know, and I, I was reading where the, these dogs are being used in child pornography crimes and some really, really heinous things that are, are happening to innocent victims. And it's just so amazing about how these dogs can be so helpful in tracking down these offenders. Yeah, and that's very important. And thanks for bringing that up. I, I slipped my mind. But, you know, when we talk about computer crimes, uh, we talk about all the different crimes that, that exist uh, all across the country, whether it be, you know, identity theft or, or larcenies or, or other types of crimes. But child pornography that, that hurts um, innocent children, there are many cases that, you know, where offenders will, in fact, uh, hide that type of material. And that's why these dogs are, are so useful and so helpful as a um, detective is piecing together or building a case and having the dog being able to locate evidence that's helpful in a criminal investigation of child pornography is, 
many times will lead to an arrest, which uh, which is exactly uh, what, what our job is, if you will, and what our animals are trained to do. Yeah, that is just so wonderful. I heard you say that you, um, the Connecticut State Police, donated the row to the Rhode Island Police. Did I hear that correctly? You did. You did. We're good guys here in Connecticut, and uh, our canine training uh, academy wanted to, in fact, share the wealth, if you will. Rhode Island has a very active and very good computer crimes unit, as we do in Connecticut. I'm going to brag a little bit, and uh, <laughs> quite frankly, it was the start of a new program, and we wanted to, first we use the dogs here in Connecticut in a training mode, if you will, but then we officially employed them, deployed them to work with our computer crimes unit, and we gave one to Rhode Island State Police to use in their computer crimes unit. They're very happy with it. The dog is working very, very well. But I must say, I think our Connecticut dog is prettier than the Rhode Island dog. <laughs> and that's Selma? Is she the... Yes, that's correct. <laughs> and that's what kind correct. of dog is Selma? They're both labs. They're both labs. Uh, okay. and they're both, you know, Is they're, she they're, a they're, yellow they're, lab? No, Selma's a... Uh, yeah, Selma's a yellow lab. And uh, I think... Yeah, they both are. They're both yellow labs. Okay, yep. okay. <laughs> I was trying to think if... Uh, We've got, you know, it's interesting because we do have such a, a great population of canines here uh, within our canine division. And uh, that's why I had to think for a minute as to what color, because we do have different color labs. And at one point in time, we had some golden retrievers that work for us. I've talked about the German Shepherds. I'm trying to right. think. Right. And the bloodhounds. You you mentioned the, the bloodhounds. Blood yes, yes. handsome dogs, yes. <laughs> yes, they're all gorgeous. Yeah, they're all, they're so are you using goldens now, or did you stop using goldens? We don't have any... We don't have any golden retrievers in the uh, canine program now. I believe we've pretty much gone to Labradors, and you know that's up to our uh, our training academy uh, staff to determine what you know what the best animal is for the work that we need to fulfill. And what we'll do is we'll we'll begin to plan training classes or training academy classes for the future. For example, when we finish a patrol dog class, we'll start planning for the next patrol dog class and people will start applying and we'll start the selection process. And we'll put the class together of 10, 12, 15 people, depending on, on who needs what. And that includes troopers from Connecticut, troopers from other states, other surrounding New England states, local law enforcement officers in Connecticut that want to uh, put a canine on patrol and Department of Corrections and Department of Environmental Protection and people such as that. And we'll gladly train these men and women to handle the dogs because, honestly, it's all an additional blanket of protection to have additional uh, canines out there because they are so useful and so helpful, not only to law enforcement, but to the people that, that they, that they work, work for, the customers of our respective states. Absolutely. Well, you said that you had 70 dogs in employment right now, 70 working dogs. How many do you train annually? It all depends on the need. We really have to look at, like everything else, It's it, everything is it's budgetary, but we have to look and see what our needs are uh, in the field. We want to ensure that, for example, in the state of Connecticut, that we have dogs working 24 hours a day. And, and yes, our dogs do work nights. And it's a you know 24-hour day, seven day a week, 365 days a year. So we want to ensure that we have enough dogs on duty at all times so that they can respond not only to our calls, but we also respond to local law enforcement that don't have animals, that don't have canine programs uh, within their jurisdiction. We'll respond and help them and provide the canine service to them if it's actually uh, requested by anybody. 
Wow. Well, we just can't thank you enough, Lieutenant Vance, for being with us today and sharing your wonderful program and the incredible work that you and so many officers and canine officers are doing every day. And we thank you for that. And just, gosh, we just commend all of your contributions. It's really incredible. Thank you so much. Well, it's a pleasure being with you, and our hat is off, and our pride is shared with all the canine handlers all across the country that, that serve the people that uh, in our respective jurisdictions. They are just a great asset to law enforcement. And let me ask you one quick question before we go, and that is, if our listeners want to get in touch with you for more information or to donate, to contribute a dog, or if there's any questions that they have, how could they do that, Lieutenant Vance? They can simply go to our website. And uh, you'll see in the, uh, on the website, uh, the email is right there. Any search engine will take you to the Connecticut State Police uh, website and send us an email. I mean, we're always uh, happy to respond. We're always happy to provide information on the canine training program. And uh, one thing I didn't mention, but uh, when the time is right and when, uh, uh, when some of our dogs are going into harm's way, we even put bulletproof vests on them because we want to protect them. They're part of our law enforcement team. Wonderful. Yes, they deserve those vests. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us. We're so glad that you could join us today. And we love hearing from you. So please keep those emails coming. And you can email us at Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And you can access our blog at WorkingLikeDogs.com. So thanks so much, and we look forward to being with you again soon. Take good care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.